0: folks welcome back to another episode of mostly ghostly kicking off the old october season maybe the mostly of the ghostliest of the months of the year what do you think about that ray i agree with you on that one it's gotta be it's gotta be uh we're joined with a guest this evening very cool uh very rare rare guest, rare parents but loving it the professor jertai you know he took a Took a break, grading papers, and
1: I heard Matt's doing great podcasts now, and I had to get in.
0: I agree yeah. with that. That's what I've been hearing too. But we're gonna get crazy with everybody out there today, but not too crazy. If you wanted to slide in and give you a quick little fucking short, not too long of an episode. Something fun, you know, something to mill over a little bit. Something to let dig into your brain parasitically and uh drop its poisons up in you. usually you know is a big zombie slave type situation um until its time for you to be eaten up completely or disposed of um scary stuff you know we want to dip into some creepy crawlies this episode and uh we're going to ride we're going to roll into the f- top top 5 top 5 in our book parasites that uh, mind control their host because that's some scary stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a Charlie Manson would be almost like a, one of these types of people, Jeffrey Dahmer, of course, keeping it a very current with the show. Uh, everybody's loving the show. I think that Jeff making Jeffrey Dahmer into a sympathetic character that you feel bad for, I think, is always an interesting. I don't know if I'd call it quite dangerous, even though probably maybe is. Um, but I think
1: there's it's definitely, there's definitely an agenda there, there's an
0: agenda. You know what I mean?
1: Um, that
0: we're trying to normalize serial killing. That's what we're normal- trying to do.
1: Normalize, yeah. Normalize yeah, in narcissism and social, yeah. You know the, the further degrade of our society. I mean, and it's. I mean, it's. It's you know, which is happening on all fronts. It's not just one movie or one show. It's. It's in everything.
0: Yeah, not for sure. <laughs> Now, the parasites we're going to talk about today, you know, they're the masters of mind control, manipulate their host from within, causing them to act in self-destructive ways that ultimately benefit that parasite. You know what I mean? Uh, Some can alter the behavior of their host in ways that give the parasite a better home or provide more nutrients or cause the host to move to a different environment altogether. Pack up its bags and go, go, go. Uh, that's some interesting stuff, you know, I've heard about this for a while and I always thought it was, you know, quite a crazy thing, you know, and they, they get inside them and they, they live inside them and do their deal and, uh, very scary stuff. You know what I mean? Ray, what do you think about this? I know you're not really scared by anything. You get the, you get the creepy crawly syndrome every now and then if you see like something, you know, big spider or, you know, catch a web in the face or,
2: you know, see something you don't want to see. I get the normal reaction to a web interface and stuff. Uh but these these things getting into the body and uh affecting the brain, changing your behavior, that is that is creepy. Yeah. It's alien like, you know what I mean, in a way. It's almost like uh like an
0: alien type deal. And I remember the good old um Mike Calvin once told me, you know, that he believes that the aliens are hair and he believes that they are not grazed, but they're little, you know, they're particles. You go to a swamp, the little organisms live in the, sw- in, in the puddles, stuff like that is a uh, alien. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree. You know what I mean? Now, the strategy seems to work. A parasite that can alter the behavior of its host, uh, and in doing so, improve its own transmission, it's going to be favored by natural selection, which is very true. you know what I mean uh if you're able to get into i guess the enemy's head or the the, the your your food your food or you know we talked about psychic vampires on the show, you know what I mean. Uh, what do you think the, these parasites what do you think it's just how they they live it's how they eat what do you think they won't why you know i know that they live inside the of them um, stay warm and they travel even so it's almost got like an evil dark you know smart planned out you know thing for what it's doing what do you think
2: I, 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 well I, I agree it's uh, you. that occurs in nature not necessarily even on a smaller scale I think there is uh, I'm not sure if it's a wasp that does that or a spider there's, there's one of them that actually there's a another, wasp the, yeah, wasp. It's, yeah. It's a
1: larva, um, another insect it's like the movie Alien but uh, it happens on in the insect world for real
0: I I remember always hearing about that I forget which animal it was But uh, Them talking about like They'd get into them And get into their brain And I always thought that was so sinister And so Alien-like You know what I mean Very science fiction-y But Since it's time To pop off into uh, Our top five You know what I mean Of which ones we think are the the most ones You don't want to You don't want to deal with In your everyday life You know what I mean First up, you know, like Ray just said, the wasp, we have web-slinging slinging wasp, like Spider-Man wasp, you know what I mean? Uh, now, females of the Costa Rican wasp, I'm not even going to pr- pr- try and go for that one. They lay their eggs on the uh, abdomens of unlucky orb spiders called Plimota aragra. I tried, and I think I failed on that one, but it's all right. So after living off its host for a few weeks, the wasp larva injects a chemical into the spider that makes it build a strange new kind of web, unlike anything that's built before. Uh, but this new web isn't for the spider. It's meant to support the cocoon that the wasp larva will build after finally killing and eating the spider. You know... What's to stop one of these things from getting into a human being? That's what I want to know and figure out uh, a cure for before it arrives.
1: You yeah, know, special, like a lot of these, uh, they, they wouldn't have any effect on you because they're special. They, they prey upon, um, what they've evolved and what they're specialized to prey upon. They wouldn't Not like they, they can affect the human being. I mean, there are parasites. Yeah. I mean, you can get a tapeworm if you eat uncooked meat. Obviously, parasites can affect a human being, but a lot of these things we see on the insect level, it happens in the insect world. So, I mean, it's a lesson, kids. Um, Keep your karma clean and good, because you don't want to devolve. You don't have to come back as an insect. You don't have to go through that.
0: I don't think I don't want to do that. I tell you that the the ringworm and, uh, you know, tapeworm and stuff like that, is like you know people don't know what's inside them you know that's that's the creepiest thing too and you really get your brain going and go you could have a fucking you could have a gigantic worm up in your fucking in your stomach that does what it does what it chooses you know I, mean, I remember back in the days of you know when the internet was a little more lenient and you'd see crazy videos and pictures of, you know, folks that aren't with us no more type deal. It was, uh, my preparation for the most ghostly self, preparing myself with death. You know what I mean? Um, but I remember like seeing this picture of like, uh, there was somebody who passed away and there was like a worm coming out of its mouth and it was like the tapeworm. Um, and it was just like, it's such a crazy visual. Um, I would also heard something about, like, the, if you if you want to get a tapeworm or whatever worm it is in your stomach, um, you don't eat, because it, it feeds off of what you eat. So, like, you're supposed to not eat for a while, like, starve yourself almost, and then you're supposed to hold a piece of bread, like, an inch away from your mouth, and they said that it'll actually come up your fucking throat and out your mouth to try and get the bread because it's hungry, which there's very few things i've heard more horrifying than that you know what i mean like that that i've heard a lot of horrifying shit that the i just the idea of that and that it's real and it's like you know it goes back to the whole thing with like how people supposedly eat like four or six spiders a night or something like that when they sleep you know what i mean it's like that's horrifying that can't be good for you you know what i mean it almost makes you wonder if some of these sicknesses and diseases aren't really just started by some weird parasite that crawls in your ear while you're sleeping or something. You know what I mean? And creates a nice home, a place you could all call home, somewhere you could bring the parents to and say, look, Very mom, pod did it. it. Yeah.
1: Very easy to do a cleanse, even a quick cleanse, even a quick water fast. Um, if you think you have something and, um, and again, be thankful for humanity. Be thankful that you're a human being, you have modern medicine. A lot of these parasites uh you know, can be taken care of. We're not insects where, you know, if, if you have like a parasitic wasp land on you, you're done for. Um, that's on i you- uh, be, be thank be thankful that we're we're higher up the food chain. We don't have to live imagine living that life as a wasp.
0: I don't wanna right? live that life.
1: An ant living living as a wasp worthy ant, being being the wasp that has to resort to parasitism to propagate your species, or being the ant that has to you know always be fearful of that wasp laying its eggs, like its larva inside you.
0: You got the you know. would
1: be a fun life.
0: I'd prefer to come back as a bird or something nice, you know. The wasp still gets to fly, which I think is very peaceful. But I guess if you're stationed somewhere you don't want to be as the wasp, then you know that sucks. If you can't just go flying around, and living the life you want to live, you know what I mean.
1: Birds get mites, bird worms too. They have more freedom, but better. I guess better than being an insect, if you're looking in terms of freedom and what you can do. But.
0: yeah. So would you say uh, uh, a water fast will get rid of these if you have them or we'll cleanse your body?
1: No, 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 don't. no one misinterpret what I'm saying. This isn't medical advice or any, anything like that. I don't want to get you in trouble. Thank I'm you. I'm just very easy to do a fast. Like if you want to do a quick fast um, and research uh, these things yourself and, and ask your doctor and do all that and do not take anything said here as medical advice. But if you wanted to do a fast, it's very, you can do, it's very easy to do a water fast, a fruit fast, do a day. you can do a a day fast. You don't have to do like a big, make a big to do out of it. Right. Uh, Very easy to take your health in your hands. And um, if you think you have something, um, a lot of times we don't, you know, we we get kind of paranoid, especially, you know, around Halloween, watching the spooky movies and stuff like that. Ooh,
0: Um, yeah. Eating that candy again and that diabetes so you so not that you recommend doing it but do you think that a water fast would maybe kill these things off not that okay. we think anybody should do it
1: i think any kind of fast can be good if you know if you research it and you know what you're doing and you and bring that, the right mindset to what you're doing
0: and fasting is like, you know, taking away from yourself, so to speak. People fast food, fast water. You can fast really anything, though. You could fast, you know, I, I heard somebody made a joke once about they're going to fast the yard work because uh, it's still kind of fasting, but it's, uh, you know, getting out of doing something you don't want to do.
1: Um hey, so, if you, you take know. something to your own hands, no matter what you're doing, no matter what diet you try or what, you know, as long as you're not, like, killing yourself, you're yeah. going over minute, but if you're taking your health in your hands, then that's good. Word. You know, that, you know, deep deep. Deep. whatever appeals to you. It doesn't matter what appeals to you. If it's a fast, or if, you know, it's a, you just want to start lifting weights, you want to start running. You know, you want to change your diet, dietary habits. Do that, and if you're worried about parasites or you know you, stuff stuff you can't see, then that's going to help you. Any every little bit you do to take uh, control of your health and your well being is going to help you.
0: I dig that. You know, I think the vet. Yeah,
1: medical advice is just putting it out there.
0: He's a professor, not a doctor, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Um, Ray. What do you think about this, man? The fact that it kills and eats has got to make it more horrifying. I know you said something about you're you're just like everybody else when you walk into that spider web. So, uh, what's your take on the web slinging wasp? That sounds like double trouble
2: well it's double trouble for the spider but um it's a simple survival part of evolution in the insect world uh we're lucky it, it it's not compatible with us, but I don't see it as really that terrible. I see it just part of part of nature uh yeah. part of the evolution for survival
0: yeah it's um it's creepy stuff. Anything, I guess I got to look at it from a different standpoint. And we we kill and eat animals every day. I guess I can take that approach to it. So that there's nothing wrong with what we do. So I guess in their mind, there'd really be nothing wrong with them doing what they do up in hell. Um, you know, we got zombified cockroaches on the list as well. Uh, you you have to kill them with a headshot or decapitate these roaches, I think. Um, but, you know, when the female jewel wasp is ready to procreate, she finds a, cro- a cockroach. So she's mixing it up uh, to serve as a living nursery for her young. Ew, that, that's horrifying sounding, you know what I mean? So, she, yeah. dag, Poor roaches. You know, you kind of feel bad. Um... You kind of feel bad a little bit for these these cockroaches that they get in there. They get a bad rap. They do get to be the last thing on Earth, though, if there's ever an issue. So they got that going for them. The only thing stopping them is, you know, these zombified cockroaches. The situation where these these jewel wasp is uh, messing up their head, you know what I mean? But that's kind of, you know, again, it goes back to that whole thing with, it's their way of life. I mean, we, I, I look at, I don't know how you guys look at this stuff, but I look at it as a little horrifying until I kind of opened my eyes a little bit wider and said, well, what's the difference between us killing a deer and eating it? You know what I mean? Or Slaying a cow and eating it. You know what I mean? Um, there is no difference. You know, it's just, we're so accustomed to it. Now, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about these zombified cockroaches? Do you feel bad for them, or you, could you care less? We'll go with who wants to go first.
1: Uh, I mean, like said, second what Ray said, and I guess I was kind of hitting it, too. It's a part of nature. It's part of the cycle and balance of nature. Yeah. Um, compatible with us. It seems horrifying to us, but, you know, it's nature. And In the insect world, is, to be honest, is brutal. It's a brutal world. Um, even more than the animal world. Uh, I agree. They, I mean they they reproduce by the the thousands. Yeah. The thousands and I mean it's just the life of an insect. So I talk. They, they don't have individual uh souls and egos like uh-huh. me. you know, everything they do is to serve the the species, to serve the hive and you know, they're a part of nature. And that's all I have to you know, they're and you can't hate any insect, even no matter how gross or creepy crawl it is. You know, doing its part um, in nature, serving its role in nature.
2: I feel you, Ray. What do you think? You got anything to add to that? Oh uh, yeah, I agree. As a matter of fact, there are parasites out there to do attack humans. You take a virus. Yeah, That's It true. It goes, it goes into the body. So you've got the viruses. That's what humans have. But. uh I see it as just part of the, part of the natural order. You're also talking about if you take the number of, like, cockroaches in the world and yeah. how they propagate, and there's so many of them. I mean, it's, it's a very efficient way for the wasp to go in and uh, into that population and have a host to keep going.
0: Yeah, it's tricky stuff. So as far as that goes, the layout of what's done in this, this procedure is first she injects a toxin into the roach that paralyzes its front legs. Then the wasp strikes again in the roach's head. Death blow. Unfortunately not, though. Uh, Frederick Libersat of Ben-Gurion University in Israel and colleagues discovered that the venom targets a specific area of the brain responsible for initiating movement so it paralyzes it. Patige Pops some venom up in the brainstem, Cancel Christmas, you know what I mean? He ain't gonna need his legs much longer anyways, I feel. Now, stripped of its ability to move of its own free will, the cockroach uh, can be grabbed by the antenna and guided to a burrow, where the wasp will lay uh, her egg on the victim and entomb them together. Does anybody have a uh a good idea in their head of what exactly that is. So it's down, down for the count and it drops the egg up on them. And then it just, what lavas all around them and cases them in that, that cocoon from earlier. I
2: think yeah, it's like, lo- it's like locking the egg into uh, the, the cocoon with the food source.
0: Scary. I tell you. Yeah. I mean, like you guys were saying, it's the way of life. It's just not one I'm not too familiar with,
1: you know. The fishing, it is isn't to do that. It's brutal, but they multiply in the thousands, hundreds of thousands. Have I don't even know how many insects there are on the planet. Probably billions, trillions. I don't know, but so they have to be fast and efficient. That's just you know the life of the insect.
0: If I ever got into like the 1950s sci-fi horror movies with the gigantic ants and.
1: Different no, the bottom can be a good horror movie. Like if you could like take some of these ideas what, what these insects do to each other and you can make like a good monster or sci fi movie out of it.
0: For sure. Now the wa- the wasp larva slowly consumes the cockroach for several days before pupating uh, in its abdomen, emerging as an adult about a month later. Foodang. So yeah. The larva slowly consumes the cockroach for several days before uh, and then emerging as an adult. There you go. It's the circle of life almost crazy stuff. Um, Next up, we have mind controlling slime balls. I think we've met a few of them in our day. Now the mind controlling slime balls as an adult uh, the Lancet liver fluke, a type of flatworm, resides in the livers of grazing mammals such as cows. I think this might be where mad cow disease came from. Its eggs are excreted in the host feces, which are then eaten by snails. After the eggs hatch inside the snail, the snail creates protective cysts around the parasites and coughs them up in balls of mucus. That's, that's grotesque. Um, You know, I feel that. I'm, I'm sure that ain't a beautiful, I'm sure it ain't a beautiful cough. I'm sure they're hacking up their life. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking of these poor things that are now hosts to this trouble. You know what I mean? Um, the host feces. So they got magical mushrooms. They're trying to do some magical mushrooms up in here. After the egg hatches inside the snail, the snail creates protective cysts around the parasites. Very interesting. And cough them up in balls of mucus. So it works their way. It's I'm always creeped out by that element, too, where, like, it's something that, let's say, was, was you know, came in uh, through, like, the outer body or whatever and somehow worked its way through the body, like, through organs into the deal. You know what I mean? Uh, the fact that it eventually was probably somewhere secure within within something, and then eventually was coughed up. It did a lot of traveling, I feel. You know, it's some very horrifying stuff. Uh, balls of mucus is always a very romantic sounding thing. Now These, these fluke laden slime balls are then consumed by ants, so it doesn't even stop there. It continues. Now the, ant, the poor ant's got to get involved in this fucking debauchery. Now when the flukes wiggle their way into an ant's brain they cause the insect to climb to the tip of a, a blade of grass and sit motionless, where it's most likely to be eaten by a grazing mammal. That way, the liver flu can complete its life cycle of going back, it you know, goes back into a mammal. That's fucking... That one's, like, super uh, involved. You know what I mean? There was a lot... That's some scary stuff, I'll be honest with you, man. They're, like... It's their way of life, I know, but dag, you know, they ain't playing around. When it comes to their way of life, they ain't playing around, but, you know, much like humanity. Do you guys want to say anything in closing on the uh, the slime balls, you know, that got caught up with this blade, and you know what I mean? Uh,
2: as far as I'm concerned, I'm not freaked out. I'm impressed. That is one impressive cycle of survival to go through that whole cycle around and around that, I mean, as far as the complexity of nature and the the beauty of survival, I'm impressed by that.
0: What do you think a lifespan of something like this is? You think this is something that goes out and comes and goes pretty quickly? If it's not, doesn't find a host, or do you think this is something, you know, that could probably have lasted hundreds of thousands of years?
2: I don't. I don't know. I think they they probably been around for hundreds of thousands of years. I got no idea the life cycle of any individual one. It's like
0: the, that, like Starship Troopers with that big the big worm. That's what the oldest one looks like. Ain't that nothing about? It. That's horrifying. Yeah, it sucks the dude's brains out. Horrifying. So let's get into something a little lighter. The fishy dance of death. You know what I mean? Now the fluke. Uh, big name, I'm not going to attempt to even do, begins its life in an ocean-dwelling horn snail where it uh, produces larvae that then seeks their next host, a killfish. Once it finds a fish, the parasite latches onto its gills and makes its way to the brain. And this isn't the final stop. The fluke needs to get inside the gut of the water bird in order to reproduce. So inside the killfish's brain, The fluke releases chemicals that cause the fish to shimmy, jerk, and jump. Um, Parkinson's or something, you know what I mean? Jenny Shaw then at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and colleagues found that the parasite decreases serotonin and increases dopamine levels in the fish's brain. The switch in this brain chemistry stimulates the fish to swim and behave more aggressively. You know, to shimmy, jerk, and jump that stuck with me a little bit because you know you get other like brain diseases that do stuff like that. Make you go crazy. Make you jump around. Not House of Pain style. You know. Now, I don't get down with these poor fish. Uh, they get they they you know because it's very close to me. I'm very close to the fish. I feel so. I feel their pain. Now these moves attract the attention of birds which may eat the fish and the flukes. The flukes mate and their eggs are released back into the water in the birds droppings to be eaten by horn snails and start the cycle all over again. It's scary. I mean that's more of that uh very involved very involved practices, you know. We also have Suicidal crickets, all right? I remember, you know, grunge bands when the crickets were playing in grunge bands in the 90s. You know what I mean? Now, hairworms, they have a perpetual challenge. They, in fact, land-lubing insects like crickets. But the parasites must make their way to an aquatic habitat in order to reproduce. <clears throat> Researchers at France's Center National de la Recherche scientific figured how they accomplished this feat. Hairworms produce mind-controlling chemicals that cause their cricket host to move toward light because water water bodies reflect moonlight. This often sends crickets toward the lakes and streams. The cricket jumps in and they drown, and the hairworms emerge ready to find their next victim. So that makes you never want to kind of go swimming again. You know what I mean? You got that, you got that (laughs) shit. You know what I mean? Like having that shit floating around, uh, in the water, man. I remember I, we had, we were at the beach once and I pulled this worm out of the sand that the thing had to have been like three, four feet long. Um, it was a sea worm or whatever they're called. And it was, uh, they're thick. Those things are thick. And uh, I remember I threw it at my cousin, and he started crying. My younger cousin, younger, not any of my manly cousins, you know what I mean. Um, But the ocean holds some serious stuff that I wouldn't want to get down with, you know. Yeah, I don't. When people put the, the 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 things, the air plugs in cut off their nose and stuff, you know what I mean? Literally with a razor blade, you know, but they cut off the, you know, so the water can't go up their nose, whatever that contraption is that they got that nose blocker, or clogger or deal. I don't blame them. You know, I know that uh, we're in like the Amazon, they got that. There's that thing that if you piss in the water or whatever, they fuck it, it's, it's so quick that even if you're, you are like pissing like into the water, standing outside of it, it's so quick that it can supposedly swim up your piss stream. That's how quick this thing is. So it's horrifying enough that you could just go be soaking in the water somewhere. And God knows what's latching onto your body and going into your pores and all that types of shit. But this thing can actually fucking swim up your urine stream into your dickhead. All right. That's trouble. That's some troublesome stuff. I know in Anaconda, the film, there's a scene where there's like some small little puffer fish. Uh... That it was kind of the same deal <clears throat> where it would get in your throat or get in your, your, like your pee hole. And it was small, but once it got where it wanted to be, it expanded. And I think the dude got a cut in his throat. <clears> throat. But there's like stuff like that too. Like the Amazon, man, is you don't, I don't know why anybody would go into the water in, you know what I mean? Some of these crazy places. Have any of you guys ever been anywhere exotic and gone in the water? Like crazy? you know, bacteria ridden, creature infested, you know what I mean? Parasite living.
2: Wheeling and jaitland. I'll just say, I don't know about going anywhere crazy, but uh, when I was young, living, I don't know, about three houses away from a wooded area and there's uh, several rivers and lakes around here. Yeah, We were in and out of water, in and out of Everything uh, as as kids, we'd be playing in there and wading through the streams, catching frogs and snakes and fish, and handling all this stuff. So, uh, is it a, an exotic place like the exam- Amazon? No, was potentially I exposed to a lot of things. Oh yeah, yeah. Might that explain is- why I'm the way I am. Yeah, parasites. why not
0: (laughs) you know you know it's interesting because you figure like just think of it like in the water supply you know everybody you know you know the michigan water you can light on fire right out of the faucet you know what i mean there's so much like gas or or whatever is in an oil whatever the story is but it's like kind of makes you think of like just that water that when you run a tub you know it ain't no sparkling spring waters You know what I mean? It's 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 taken from uh, wherever you know, and it's probably in some big vat somewhere, like big slime fest, slime balls, and fucking mucus all over the place. I uh, I worry about stuff like that. I remember I once lived with a person uh, way back in the Dizay who wasn't the cleanest of people. You know what I mean? And uh, that shower was a horrendous shower. You know what I mean? No matter how hard you tried to get it clean it was just not a deal and uh that's one of those places like you you don't want to touch you bet ba- you don't like you almost wear water shoes going to something like that and more so now when you think about you think about all the bacteria and the things that can grow from bacteria and you know it's a, it's kind of a scary world when you open up your eyes really wide
2: you know what i mean well, science strives to protect this. I know recently they put out a, uh, where I live, a warning to use either uh, bottled water or boil your water because of E. coli. Uh, they lifted it a day later because they, they were retesting uh, for about 24 hours and the treatment plant took it out. But without that treatment plant, people unaware, uh, it would have got in there. The problem was there were other chemicals in there that when you boil it, it concentrates them. Mm. So, you know, well, do I want to take a chance with the E. coli, or do I want to take a chance with these other toxic things? And there was a run in all the stores on bottled water. But fortunately, everything calmed down. But if you go far enough back, um, you go England, you go early colonies here, uh, all throughout Europe. Your staple at a meal was whiskey or beer, or some type of alcohol, because you couldn't drink the water. There yeah. was so it was so polluted that uh, no one no one drank drink the water from anything because they used to run their waste off right into water
0: yeah yeah the uh it's scary if you gotta boil water you know what i mean i still don't know i mean i'm sure you've all heard horror stories of like you know them doing tests on like a a bottle of spring water out of the store i remember they did they bought like all the famous brands and they did like a a test to see how much of a how clean it was and what was in there and stuff, you know? And there was like, I remember there was a, um, one of the brands, I probably shouldn't say what it is, but one of the brands I remember they held it up and you could literally see like clear worms fucking swimming around in it. It was the craziest thing. Um, but it's like, yeah, who's to say that water that they're packaging up? Why, you know, it's a business. And they're not actually standing out there by the, 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 golden, the golden clear streams, filling it up with their, you know, their big beards and their lumberjack outfits. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's probably but just, it's,
2: yeah. There's one brand which got caught um, claiming that they were all this kind of like pure water, pure water or, you know, their sauce is perfect and stuff. And, Someone did their research and basically they were taking the water out of a major city, running it through an extra filter and calling it purified, purified or clear water. And they only took it like one step to remove some of the heavy, like chlorine taste. But otherwise, it was what you're getting out of your tap, but you know, sell it with the right label and boom, there you go. People will buy it. They'll spend three, $4 for a little bottle of water.
0: I think a lot of places are like that. You know what I mean? You guys ever see Cabin Fever? Uh, I don't know horror movie. at the, At the end, there's kind of like a weird g- gimmick where they go into uh, a water water supply getting contaminated contaminated with like the zombie plague. It's a good flick, but yeah, yeah these these things. I know that you know. I don't know. I guess to to us, you know, I guess the hunting something and eating it or going into the, you know, these death factories where they send the cows to saw their heads off and stuff. Um, which they have. They practically do. I've seen video footage of that. It's pretty horrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's really no who's to say which is more horrifying than that or something. Or if we were to you know, crawl into a cow East Ventura style or something. And then do what we need to do there and come out, you know, it sounds very gross, but it's like, it's the way it is. I guess, I guess they could probably look at well, how we do it as gross too. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still on our side. I'm still on our side on that one. I still feel like we're, we have the least gross, but I'm, um I'm biased of course. You know what I mean?
2: I think that might be just a matter of time. I mean, humanity hasn't been on this planet that long compared to the insects. And they've evolved these complex survival systems. Who's to say if mankind doesn't destroy itself in the near future and it lasts long enough that the insects won't evolve into using us as host, or they're not already starting to get close to that, so that at some point when we get bit or stung, uh, we're going to become the big host for the next hive.
0: You take something like Lyme disease, where... You know, so like you get it from ticks and stuff, but it, it starts to affect your brain, you know what I mean, and, and, and do types of things, it's possible. And we've we've often talked on all the shows pretty much about how, like, I have my opinion, that, like, humanity is kind of, you know, kind of like a cancer in a way. So, like, if the Earth wanted to ever, like, protect itself, it would be like with natural disasters or something to try and almost be chemo to try and kill us off. But if these insects ever got smart enough to realize how disruptive and maybe toxic we are to this world, it could be a scary thing. If they ever, you know, (laughs) decided that maybe they need to eliminate the world of us too, because things like things like these parasites that get in your brain are pretty horrifying and make you do whatever. Um, I'm sure they've probably tested this to try and figure for like political reasons, to try and figure out a way to like put things in people's uh, foods. You know what I mean? So you get them thinking the way you want them to think.
2: I'm thinking that maybe all you need is one evolved, one evolved insect right on that edge of evolution there.
0: Yeah. That
2: does, does go into a human and successfully reproduces. Well, those that come out are going to go back into more humans. So it's going to multiply really fast. And all it takes is that one or two to start that chain reaction. And basically, uh, yeah, we're their food chain and we're their host now.
0: Very creepy stuff. Uh, Professor, what do you have to say on this? Maybe the professor had to run off and uh, teach something real quick. Um, Yeah, but I do. I think this is definitely some creepy stuff. And the idea of that one rose up and you know breed it and you know figured it out and had a positive thing it's kind of crazy it's like at the end of the day what really makes like is it just chance you know what i mean so to speak or you know god's wishes you know what makes us be born with like a brain that can you know do a lot of good do a lot of bad of course but like you know, gather, put together a plan and kind of like, you know, do said plan. You know what I mean? And I think the insects and animals do it too, but they're only thinking of like regular stuff. You know, they're only concerned with making sure they eat. You know what I mean? And that their, their closest kin are safe. You know what I mean? Those, those, you know, they don't worry about getting new PlayStations or paying their car insurance or, you know, making sure they get the new cell phone, you know what I mean? But they do make sure they listen to every new, mostly ghostly. I know that for sure. Uh, from some, some write-ins, we've got some emails and some write-ins. So we definitely know we have that support, but yeah, we thought this would be kind of a fun, uh, a fun episode for around the Halloween or Horoween to keep with the boombastic spirit of things. Um, you know what I mean? Some creepy crawly. We don't really get into some creepy crawlies too much, but creepy crawlies have a home at the mostly ghostly, the same way ghosts do and alien talk and Bigfoot talk and all the talks that we do. You know what I mean? So that being said, I guess we can close it up with it being October. Then we'll always have to show throw the shout out there. You know, there's going to be a, a Horrorween special from uh, a lot of the folks from the Boombastic Media group. They do it every year. Uh, I believe it's very possible me and Ray will be involved. It's very possible. I don't know for sure. Contracts haven't been signed. Um, but keep an eye out on the Boombastic Media YouTube page and subscribe. Um, that's where you get the first, I think, 10. 11 maybe 12 episodes of mostly ghostly og style are up there if you want to hear it the way it was heard way back when that's your place to do it and uh speaking of way back when if there's more episodes go way back when into the archives and check out some new episodes ray do you want to say anything else uh in closing whether about the subject or to the uh audience out there listening
2: oh well for the time being uh insects are our friends but uh what's your back
0: for sure and the professor is nice having you on the show i know that you had to run and do some papers or something i don't know maybe teaching some course of importance i'll, I'll believe it, it's of importance um and, uh, that'll be that. You know what okay. I mean? So with that being said, we hope everybody had fun. We had fun doing it for y'all and we'll catch you on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.